This is Jerry Calhoun, and you are listening to the Live in Color Wolfie D Podcast. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D Podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13, to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits, and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one more time to the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. And today we are welcoming the Memphis referee, Mr. Jerry Calhoun. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fine. Thank you. And I want to thank you and uh, Wolfie and the whole podcast team for having me on your podcast. And uh, anytime I can talk Memphis wrestling, I'm for it. That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> we are glad to have you. Um, so let's let's jump right into this thing, man. Um, obviously, you were gone. So you were getting out of the business by the time that I got in it. So, but I, you know, yeah. you have read some of my matches on on down the line on some you know independent stuff in Memphis and things like that. Right. What, were you a wrestling fan growing up? What got you into it? Oh, oh yeah, so I was a big wrestling fan. I mean, I watched it from the time I was a little kid when it was at Ellis Auditorium, and I used to uh, throw papers downtown, and every Monday night, I would go to the Ellis Auditorium and uh, sell a wrestling program. So yeah. I was I was in, I mean, I just loved it. And yeah. how I fell into it was just, uh, just awesome. I mean, you know, me and Jerry were, were married to high school sweethearts. Right. And then uh, he lived in Nashville. Well, Hendersonville, outside of right. Nashville. And that's where all the wrestlers lived back in the early 70s. And so I started riding with him on Fridays and Saturday nights when he'd come into town to go to the wrestling shows. And Friday night would be Tupelo. Saturday night would be uh, Jonesboro. And so, you know, me and my brother-in-law, so we just started riding. I, I enjoyed it. We'd go, I'd go to towns with him every weekend. Right. So, and from that point forward, you know, I started going with him, and then one day, I was coming to pick me up on a Friday. We was going to go to Tupelo, and he said, hey, what do you think about refereeing? And I'm, I'm looking at him. I said, uh, what, baseball, basketball? <laughs> well, what are you talking about? <laughs> so he said, no, wrestling. I said, man, I don't know anything about wrestling. He said, come on, you're, you get the hang of it. I said, okay. So on the job training? <laughs> yeah, it, that's exactly what it was, was on-the-job training. Because I went to a Friday night, we'd go to Tupelo, and finally I, I get to referee the main event, you know. That's the first matches I ever refereed were the main event. I'd go, <laughs> go figure, right? You think yeah. you'd start from the bottom and work up, but I'd start from the top. And, huh. the, and the main event was uh, Terry Jarrett and Tojo Yamamoto against uh, Jerry Lawler and uh, Jim White and Sam Bass, of course, the manager. And mm-hmm. so I was like... Uh, on-the-job training that night, what a experience. I mean, I was just going back and forth from one to the other. And I was yeah. like, wow, what am I doing? <laughs> I said, I, I hope I can survive this without, uh, you know, killing the business or whatever. So <laughs> that's what happened. And that's how I, I, I got, you know, learned how to referee, or just on-the-job training. Not yeah. like anybody should. I went to a training school or somebody would come up to me and said, hey, you want to learn how to referee? I said, no, I just, it was on-the-job. On-the-job wow. But that's what people don't understand, man, because a referee uh, can absolutely 100% make or break your match. It can, it can make your match better. It can make it horrible if the referee is not good. And, you know, after you got out of uh, wrestling, the the pool for Memphis referees was not the greatest. <laughs> it was like uh, yeah. sometimes. And then you had... 
uh, Frank, when Frank started doing it, and when me and Jamie first started, Frank did not like me whatsoever, <laughs> and he he counted me out when it wasn't the finish. He pinned me when it wasn't the finish. I mean, he would just he slapped me in the ring one time. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, but then, I didn't know that. I didn't know Frank didn't like you. Yeah, but then we ended up riding oh. together. But it was just at first. I don't know what he thought. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was trying to, you know. Frank didn't like getting heat on him. And uh, I was a heel, and I was and he slapped it out of me. <laughs> you know, uh, some referees are like that. So I'm not saying Frank was like that because I didn't, you know, watch him that much as far as being a referee. But uh, yeah, some, some of them just uh, won't allow it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey folks, to get your official Live and in Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. Let's talk about, you were the referee uh, with the Derry Lawler, Andy Kaufman, big match. Yes. So you kind of hinted uh, towards this to me yesterday when we talked to it. I didn't know. So you were smart to it. Y'all three were the only ones smart to it. Is that right? Yes. So just tell me how that all worked out and what you thought about all that. Well, you know, the beginning of it, you know, uh, Andy Kaufman wrestled women. Right. And yeah. So, uh, that, and that's when he, when he came into here and I'm sure Lawler, if you had Lawler on, he probably told you the whole thing, how he started here. Yeah. I right. Repeat myself, but what he said, anyway, he started with wrestling women and then eventually worked it up where they were going to have an angle. He was going to have an angle with, uh, Lawler. Yeah. And so, before the first match that they had, I remember getting together. You know, I was at my house. We got uh, went to my house and went over what was going to happen and et cetera. And so, uh, then mm-hmm. they uh, had the match. And then uh, I, I, Andy, he it, he was like very, uh, I won't say reserved, but in the back in the back, he wouldn't like really go talk to anybody. He was uh, really right. quiet. You know, unless you come up to talk to him, I mean, he'd talk to you, but. Uh, I guess he had his reservations and just, you know, he's he just quiet. So yeah. anyway, but that's a different story. Once you put a mic in front of him or a camera in front of him, and then you can see what he does on the mic. But, right. Uh, yeah. When they had the match, you know, I'm sure he was a little scared being the first time, you know, wrestling a uh, male wrestler, you know, but yeah. uh, they, they had it pretty well, you know, what they plan on doing. And, uh, I thought it went well. So, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it, what, they were, they were biggest the, angles of ever. all the matches. Yeah, of all the matches, uh, that was one of the most famous matches for Memphis wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Put, if, if Memphis wasn't on the map somewhere, that's where it was because of Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler. And, of course, yeah. what started from that, then the, the movie and then uh, the Lawler on uh, Letterman and Kaufman. Now, did you think, because I'm telling you, when that happened, like I watched that over and I had it on VHS and I watched it over and over and over. And I don't want to say I was at that age, 100% smart or whatever, but I kind of knew what was going on because I'd watched it so much and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that back suplex, when he gave him that first back suplex and dumped him on his head, I thought that killed him. What did you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, it looked good. I'm telling it you. Sure it sure did. Did that look good? It also went a lot of power driving. So, yeah. You know, I really thought in my head that that's what hurt him, though. I thought if he got hurt, it had to have been that back suplex. His feet touched the, his feet touched over his head when he landed. Well, I, I guess you know the story on that. After he got power drived, and then I ended up uh, disqualifying Lawler for the power drive because you right. back then, or you get it disqualified. Right. And, uh, uh, I'll probably be repeat myself. I don't know what Lawler said, but anyway. No, it's okay. Uh, we, 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 on the match. <laughs> Coffin's on the match, and. Uh, He's telling me, and I'm, I'm down there with him. He's saying, uh, I want an ambulance. I said, 
<laughs> so I went over, you know, like I'm talking, like I'm talking to him, like I'm, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. But in other words, I'm saying, hey, he wants an ambulance. He said, I'm not paying for an ambulance. Go tell him that. He said, all right. <laughs> I go back to him, hey, hey, you know, how's your neck? And I'm saying, Lawler's not going to pay for an ambulance. He said, okay, I will. <laughs> I go back to Lawler and said, hey, he's going to pay for the ambulance. I said, okay. So I go back to tell him, okay, you're on. Wow. So I didn't know this part of it. I think a day or two. Yeah, he went to the uh, hospital. I think he stayed a day or two in the hospital. For him. Really? He worked the hospital staff? Oh, uh, yeah. Evidently. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. You know, Jerry, I I did some research on you and some things popped up that I thought were just absolutely too interesting, not to mention. My first question is the the famous car ride where you had Paul Orndorff and Mike Stark in the car with you. Now, what I've read is this was kind of early on in your career, so you weren't really knowledgeable to the whole reason of it. Now, I could be wrong on that. That's why I'm going to let you straighten out the story. But tell us about that story and the possible firing. Well, it was firing, but uh, we was in Dysburg, Tennessee, and me and Mike, when always, me and Lawler would always ride together, but when he's not out of town or, or whatever, so I'd ride with others, you know, so and me and Mark and Mike Stark used to ride a lot together, so we went to Dysburg, and uh, this is Friday night, so we was, uh, did his thing, he wrestled, and then at the end of it, Paul Orndorff come up and said, hey, man, I need a ride back to Memphis. I mean, can you take me? I'm thinking, oh, so, you know, one of the first things you, you don't let happen is your heel and baby face ride together. But yeah. I, I knew I should have said no, but and, and I don't know why I did, but I said, okay. So <laughs> I'm getting the car, going back to Memphis, and happened to be at a, a red light, and I don't know why, for the life of me, I, I had my light on. I Maybe mean, I was looking for something, you know, inside light of the car. Yeah, yeah. And evidently some uh, uh, people that uh, recognize us, you know, always, and went on back to Memphis, didn't think nothing of it. Uh-huh. Didn't hear anything about that. Then that, I believe it was Friday night, or Thursday night, Friday night, Lon and I were going to uh, Helena, Arkansas, I believe it was. So we were there, and then finally he just had to mention me. You know, you're fired, don't you? I said, I'm what? Said, you're fired. <laughs> Jerry Jarrett wanted me to fire you. Then he told me that because of the uh, Orndorff and Stark riding together with the heel on the base, I said, oh, man. Mm. So I said, well, why am I hearing about this now? That happened last Friday. So mm-hmm. I think Lawler might have talked him out or worked with him. And eventually, uh, you know, I didn't miss any time. So I guess that was a awakening and to make sure you don't let that happen again. I said, okay, I yeah. learned my lesson. That's pretty interesting. I couldn't wait to ask you about that when I heard about it. So <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, I almost got fired on that. <laughs> I just have to ask this other question because it's right here in front of me. I heard you're a pretty dangerous man to play pickup football with as well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, uh, if I had one thing to do over, that would be the thing when I broke Lawler's leg. Uh, we, always, we always played pickup football every Sunday. We played tackle. I mean, it would get vicious sometimes. And so uh, we was waiting on the players to come up. You know, we were waiting on everybody to show up. So we might have had six on the side at the time. So we were just, you know, just playing just for waiting more players to show up. And what Lawler was on the other team. I had the opposite. I had the safety. And so he did like the end around. So he was running down the sidelines, and I was just going toward him. And I'm telling you, I never made a body block in my life ever since I've been playing up until then. I've just uh, do, uh, throw a body block. But lo and behold, I go and I hit him and I threw a body block and I hit his right leg and his right leg stayed in the ground. And uh, I'm hard of hearing anyway. I didn't hear it, but the players down the field just said pop. They heard a loud pop. <laughs> and of course, uh, I broke his leg. I broke both bones in his right leg. And <laughs> the ironic thing about that was he just bought him new cleats the day before. So he had also new cleats. So maybe that helped him keep that foot on the ground when I hit him. And uh, (laughs) uh, my gosh, he was out for a year on that. He used to live with me when he came to Memphis because uh, when he still lived in Hendersonville. So, you know, he would live with me. And so that wouldn't cost him. (laughs) So I saved him something on that. But uh, I don't remember. uh, Did they work an angle on that? Or did they just say he broke his leg playing football? No, no, they didn't work out. No, no. Let me tell you something. Once Jerry Jarrett found out that I broke his leg in football, now, mm-hmm. he didn't say anything to me, but he wouldn't even talk to Lawler for I don't know how long. I mean, he, <laughs> he always told Lawler, you're going to get hurt, quit playing that game. You're not a pro. Why are you doing it? So, But we all love to play it, you know. Right, you know, yeah. It, yeah. That wasn't a gimmick to nowhere around that. So, <laughs> so, yeah, and not only that, I have to share this with you. I broke his leg, and it had to be maybe a couple of months later. Now, we played softball together and football together, so we did it all every weekend. Well, 
we played a softball game in Millington, Tennessee, and I played the outfield in a shortstop. It was named Terry Presco. He was a, a Hall of Famer at uh, Memphis University at that time. You know, not at that time, but when he graduated. And where the ball hit, and I was going for the ball, running in, and he was running out. I said, I got it, I got it, but I went down on one knee, and he just kept coming, and he hit my knee that I went down on. That gum, I broke his leg. Same <clears> break <throat> in his leg that I had in Lawler's leg, but it was his left leg, and Lawler was his right leg. Now, what are the odds on that? Breaking two legs <laughs> within uh, six months or something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a great gimmick. Never let that down. Everybody said, I don't ever want to play ball with you anymore. <laughs> you break my leg. Ending careers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. i about that. Lawler, when we, the week I broke his leg, I think it was a week or two before that, we was playing somebody that we didn't know. Sometimes we play somebody want to play us and we play pick up and we didn't know them. Of course, everybody on our side we knew, and so we played them. And he broke one of the persons on the other side, collarbone. Mm. So, and not only that, I mean, I tore uh, ACL in my leg playing that. You know, so I, I look back on that and I said, we should have listened to Jerry Jerry when he said, don't do that. But you know, <laughs> we enjoyed it when we played when we played it though. Right. Well, let's go back to talking about wrestling again. Who to you, like, I don't know that you had somebody you looked up to as a referee that you tried to mimic or anything like that, but like, who do you think the best referee in the business is, was, whatever? You know what? I, I didn't, I, I really didn't look up to anyone. I mean, I liked the, the referees, uh, uh, some of them, uh, but. Uh, nobody, like I said, nobody taught me how to wrestle. And I, if I right. did a bad job or good job, I had a few comments after the matches. You know, thank you for what I wrestled. I'm, I'm not to get one of them or Bruiser Brody. Uh-huh. And, uh, wow. A couple of those, you know. So, you know, I really made me feel good when I come up and say, hey, enjoy uh, the, the, the way you wrestled the match. But I can't think of it. I mean, I know I think one of the, one of the good ones was, uh, I can't think of his full name, was Patrick. Uh, that, uh, Nick Patrick. In the, yeah, Nick Patrick, that's it. And uh, yeah, WCW. So, uh, but he was darn good too. <laughs> so. Now, you know, like somebody like Tommy Young, who had this really dramatic style about him, it almost kind of took away from some of the match. I know, I don't want to speak ill of Tommy Young. I think he's a great ref, yeah. but, you know, it, it was almost, he was kind of being a little bit of a performer, you know little little bit of flair to him, I guess, which is work because he worked so much with Ric Flair. So <laughs> Well, I, I honestly can tell you I didn't just didn't watch I mean I watched wrestling but I didn't uh, watch the wrestlers as much. I just uh sure. I, didn't, I, I didn't I didn't pick up anything from any wrestlers I said. <laughs> so, okay. And I don't know if they ever picked up anything from me either, but I, I know one thing I, I don't know where I started it, but I got if you ever watch some matches I got to the point where well I'm just standing there like a statue. I gotta do something so I started doing mimics of what would happen or drop an elbow or drop a leg or whatever it is. So I started yeah. doing those uh <laughs> just to have some action so I want almost like well I won't be involved too. Flip <laughs> me and uh, give me a body slam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite match that you refereed? You know, I'll be honest with you, I've been asked that a lot. And then uh there's so many Lawler, as you know, and I was fortunate enough to uh, referee a lot of the main events at the Coliseum. Right, and uh, all of wrestling, some of the top names uh, in the business. Uh, right, some like the Hulk, Nick Bockwinkel, Kurt Henning, uh, Terry Funk, Jerry Jack Briscoe, Bam Bam, Rocky Johnson, Ric Flair on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Harley Race. I mean, I can keep on. Reggie Savage, uh, Master of Pain, who eventually come to Undertaker. Yeah, uh, Cactus Jack, who eventually come over with Mick Foley. So, yeah. Uh, I, I can't. I can't say I have a favorite match other than they were all. You know, I mean, you watch a lot those matches I mentioned and others. You know that uh, with uh, Jesse Ventura and the Sheik and the rest of Destiny Road. I mean, they were all. Inter- I mean, they were just fantastic matches. But if I right. had to pinpoint, I'm not saying they, hey, they had fantastic and also, but they had a real good match with uh, Lawler and Dundee. I mean, if you ever watch those YouTube problems. and watch the matches between those two, I mean, you're okay. talking about knockdown, drag out. They, I mean, it was just unreal what they did. And what made it so good was the stipulations for their matches. They had a match where a loser would leave town. They had a match where a car was involved, who the winner would get the car. They had a hair and hair match against one another. Somebody had to lose their hair. And then uh, the, the one of all of the beats all of them was a hair match, Lawler's hair against Dundee's wife's hair. Yeah, Beverly. Yeah, Beverly, and uh, Dundee lost the match, and she lost her hair. So, 
I mean, I mean, that's just dedication enough about the matches they had. Yeah, I, I used to like watching the clips of that stuff because the way it just reminded me of like a uh, a Rocky movie or something. The way they because yeah. they wouldn't take like when they punched each other, you know, and they're both tired and they weren't taking like textbook bumps. They were taking bumps that looked like they were tired and in a fight and just made it so believable. I'm telling you, if somebody unlocked in WWE, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm sure they'd watch some matches that on YouTube or what, but I would only recommend how to watch them Dundee and Lawler matches. So this is just, it just, uh, I mean, I was just enjoying it because I was just happy to be lucky enough to watch this and be in the ring with them. It was just fantastic. Yeah. And I think, and I know you're pro- you probably feel the same way, but to me, Jerry Lawler, it's a toss-up for me to say he is probably the best wrestler I've ever watched. I think he's that good. I think he's better than Flair. Yeah. Uh, and the thing about Jerry, you know, I'm biased. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm biased with Jerry, but he can be either a brawler, whoever he's fighting, whether it's, uh, you know, get in the ring and you're going to start brawling with a Bruiser Brody or Jimmy Valiant or whoever. Or mm-hmm. he can be scientific, which you're wrestling Kirk Henning or Nick Bockwinkle. So right. he can go to one or the other. I mean, that's what's so great about him. And also, you know, you can have, as you know, Wolfie, you can have wrestlers that can wrestle, but they can't talk. Right. You can have others that can talk, then they can't wrestle. But he mm-hmm. hasn't had both of them. And he's one of the few that's like that. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. You speak about people that can talk but can't wrestle. Talk about your feud with Jimmy Hart. <laughs> oh, yeah, was, I tell you what, that was fun. I mean, I enjoyed that. I mean, that was one of Lawler's uh, um, ideas, and I don't know if it's good or bad. You know, so but when Lawler first got into business, I mean, it was you know through Jerry. Jerry got him in business, just like he got me in the business and others. And uh, we we would go down on a Friday night coming back from Tupelo, and we'd go to Holiday Inn or whatever. And that's where Jimmy and his band, you know, he played for the Gentries, and yeah. uh, that's where his band would sing every Friday night. So we'd go see him just about every Friday night. And then eventually, one thing led to another, and got Jimmy in the business. And so we ended up uh, going, you know, riding together, me, Jimmy, and uh, Lawler going to towns on the weekend. And so eventually. And that, and that, we went on for about uh, two or four years up until when 1980 when I broke the auto leg, and then, and then that had to stop because then he was a heel, and then that's when I would come back into the baby face. But uh, I, I tell you what, Jimmy Hart was one that kept Memphis going when uh, Lawler was out of commission for that year because they bring you know they bring in um, he bring in people and uh, the heels and uh, wrestle against uh, they get on top to wrestle them. But he he was one that had to eat. He was the one that uh, mm-hmm. you know that made the people come in to, to watch the matches and to, just to see him get beat up. I mean, yes. he could get, he got the, the heat like no other. And yeah, as far as me wrestling, I mean, yeah, we, we did our rolling around the ring and had fun, but, uh, <laughs> uh that was experience. I mean, that was one of the first time to ever put on them tights was, uh, of course there was some <laughs> Lawler's old tights. So I was, uh, uh, he, he let me have them. So that's what I used to wrestle hard. But, uh, not only that, I mean, I got into it the other times when, uh, I wrestled Jimmy Cornette, you know, when he, he was a uh, manager, I think, along with uh, Miss Linda and Adrian Street when Dundee was my part, and we wrestled them in a, in a match. And of course, I was more of a, sort of like a you know job boy. I'm getting back the way I wrestled. I get, get yeah. the heck beat out of me. And then, <laughs> then Miss Linda, probably the only referee or wrestler that I think uh, at that time a, a woman slammed. You know, so she picked me up and slammed me. <laughs> and so, uh, then also it was. Uh, I was me and Dundee again against Master of Pain, and I forget who his partner was, but uh, that was Undertaker at the time. I mean, really, yeah. uh, so we had to wrestle that time. So, uh, and, I, and I say I wrestled, I'm, loose, I'm, I'm using that loosely because I didn't wrestle. I was more like, I would get in there and get beat up and then I tagged to Dundee and he'd do his thing. So, right. <laughs> fortunately, that didn't last long because I couldn't make it as a wrestler. Of course, I didn't <laughs> have the body for it either. <laughs> One thing that I read as well is I kind of want to get your input on this there was a time that you were refereeing a match between jerry lawler and austin idol and one wildfire was under the ring oh man that was one of the most unique matches you set for one to see and uh matter of fact the match was a hair match lawler against austin idol one of them had to lose their hair mm-hmm. and not yeah. that there was a cage match and anything goes so you're, you're right tommy rich was under the ring but tommy rich 
got under the ring before they even let the people in. So, so get this, he was under the ring all through all the matches up to, you know, the main event when it started between uh, Idol and uh, Lawler. He, I mean, he was under that ring for a long time. Because there's a cage match also. So they had the cage match. So, of course, nobody could get in. So that's the reason he was under the ring. So when they had the match and then the finish uh, occurred, uh, of course, they both beat up on Lawler. And then I had to count Lawler out one, two, three. And that's one of the first of any times I can remember Lawler losing his hair. So, yeah. I guarantee yeah, that surprised the people a lot there from him coming up on the under the ring. <laughs> and if it's so funny about that, I think he took him a six pack. I, mean, <laughs> I think I've heard Tommy yeah. that uh, he was sitting there with the, some beer. Break up the boredom. Yeah. Yeah. And he had to have, if he was drinking beer and he was under there for that long, he had to have yeah. took bottles or something to pee in. You know? <laughs> well, I don't think he had bottles. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> feel bad for the ring yeah. crew <laughs> yeah poor ring crew <laughs> not only tearing the ring down but mopping up you well, one other question i got here too is you know wolfie talks about this all the time with us when he's at shows i think it was a buddy wayne show he was on where he dealt with some violent fans uh you know recently seth rollins had this issue on wwe raw where a, a fan attacked him yeah. tell us a crazy story that you've seen with a violent fan before um, you know, I have uh, one, uh, you know, I have to put a caveat on this. I mean, you think many times that you might get attacked or, or whatever, and I didn't get attacked a lot, but I mean, I got a lot of stuff thrown at me. But I can remember the one time it was uh, in the 70s when Lawler was a heel and he was wrestling with Jackie Fargo in Senatoria, Mississippi. And uh, Lawler had a lot of heat. I mean, you know, everybody wanted to come see him get beat up. Well, unfortunately for the fans, we didn't please them. So what happened is Lawler beat Fargo. Well, the fans were really mad at me. So yeah. I'm looking, and I'm trying to get from the ring to back in the back, and there's no security whatsoever. And, and Jackie Fargo, God bless his soul, I mean, he, he wrapped me, took me under his arm, and, and led me all the way back to the dressing room. And the people were just grabbing at me, you know, trying to hit me and just throwing stuff at me. I don't think they hit Jackie. I think with the stuff they threw, it was more hitting me. But uh, I said, no telling what it would have end up if I hadn't had Jackie to support me back to the dressing room. I mean, uh, I I always uh, tell him, I always thank him. I said, man, you saved my life, you know, Senatobia, Mississippi that night. (laughs) (laughs) And you have fans, and you you know this, fans get mad at you and throw stuff, and hopefully they hit you with a bottle and knock you out. Oh, I've been throwing at you. And, I've had, and, them, and, had him jump in the ring. I mean, you know that. Yeah. Matter of fact, I had one guy in, in our, uh, was in Trenton, Tennessee one time, and it was me. And, oh, gosh, my, I'm sorry. My memory goes on me on some stuff. And I can't remember who this guy was. He, he thought he was a wrestler, but he came into the ring. And that's the last thing that everybody probably remembers when he got in the ring, you know, the face facing the hill. And both jumped on him and, and beat him up. So the ironic thing about that, he ended up uh, suing Eddie and the uh, promotion there. So we had to go to Trenton, Tennessee to the court. So mm-hmm. they had to interview each and every one of us about the uh, event that happened and then what happened to the, the guy that is suing. And that's who he got in the ring. For, I think the result was they ended up uh, throwing it out. So, uh, fortunately for us, but then the bad thing about, well, for, you know, if you get, uh, somebody to sue you and you, you got to go to that court, you know, the court date, you got to yeah. you know, be there and, and, uh, and you're thinking, wow, what's going to happen here? It makes me think of another one. And, and early on, wrestling in the Memphis days when, uh, Lawler had Mickey Poole as a manager. I mean, that was back in the maybe 77, I think. But anyway. We had a cage match again, you know, Lawler, and I can't remember who his opponent was, but lo and behold, we see this guy just climbing up. He's in the, you can hear him like saying, Dundee, I'm going to come save you. And he's climbing up the cage <laughs> and gets in the wrestling, gets in the ring. Well, Mickey Poo and Lawler just beat the heck out of him. And, and the, the, the police, you can see them all around the ring, throwing down, throwing down, get him out. Now, they didn't end the ring because of the cage. So we're listening, picking him up, and we throw him. And you're looking at the bottom, and you see about three or four policemen just all together like they're going to catch him. And then once we get him and throw him over, they all scatter, and he just hits the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if that was what they wanted to do or they, they might get hurt from him when uh, they're throwing him over the top of the cage, but uh, they scattered. <laughs> so, <I'll> drop. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Golly. 
at the stop. So sorry, guys. I knew there was more, but I just yeah. remember from here. So I forget. Like like me and Lawler get together sometimes. He say, "You remember this?" And I say, "No." And then I say, "You remember this?" And he say, "No." I said, mm, "Boy, I don't remember that at all." <laughs> so I I've forgotten a lot myself. Yeah, well, you took a lot more bumps than I did, so I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wolfie was a bumping machine, you know, and he actually just wrestled another match. Did you know about that in Jackson, Tennessee? Yeah, you know what? Matter of fact, I, I mentioned it to Lala. Me and Lala was, uh, went out to Evil uh, Saturday night, and then we went to a, a concert. And then uh, I told him I talked to Wolfie and uh, going to be on his podcast. <laughs> and Wolfie said the same thing. said how he got blown up after about five seconds getting, yeah. getting thrown from one one corner of the ring to the other and he said he said he had to be like tag lawler right just get in just so he <laughs> yeah. catch his breath <laughs> i just had so many injuries that as far as getting blown up uh, yes i did but a lot of it was just my knees bad my hips bad i need neck surgery i mean Oh, man. Bionic man, that's going to be his new gimmick. <laughs> I'm telling you, after I talked to him, I said, my goodness, Wolf, I didn't know anything was like that wrong with you. I thought, you know, I knew you had a, a, a heart problem, and then you started mentioning everything else. I said, geez, <laughs> get that fixed. You're going to become a new man then. Yeah. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here, and if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I always like to ask referees and, and, and anybody in the business, especially during that time, tell us about some ribs that you've seen. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you something. The ribs I've seen were mainly on me. Oh, okay. okay. I don't know if I want to mention all of them, but I... Oh, I understand. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 well, more for you can, you know, it's once you first time get in the business, somebody's going to rib you, you know. Okay. And, uh, and, and Jackie Wafargo was a master at, at this, and um, I don't know if I should say one of them, but I, I guess I'll go ahead and do it. But uh, one of the ones <laughs> where, you know, you get in the dressing room and you do the old... Uh, finger test, you know, they think you, you can uh, close your eyes and walk sideways and they put a spot on the on the wall and your finger's supposed to get right in the middle of that spot, but you can't look. You gotta close your eyes and you're walking sideways. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't just see where that's going. So I, don't yeah. know, I don't know if I want to go any further with it, but uh, <laughs> Jackie Fargo said, hey, you can't do that, and I said, oh, I know I can. And so I do that, and I'm going to that ring on the, on the wall, and fortunately enough, I opened my eyes before it went to where I thought it was going to be. You know, that was uh, Jackie bending the over my fingers going up his butt. You know? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the, uh, another one was uh, when I was when I was talking about football earlier, I, I tore uh, my ACL. And so, but I still was able to referee. I put a uh, brace on it. So we was in Clarksdale, Mississippi one night. And uh, Lawler and uh, 
Phil Hickerson and uh, others. But and, and what we did, we wrestled at a high school, and we wrestled uh, the wrestlers were all behind the curtain. So one side was the, back of the heel, the other side was the base face. And, so, and I, that's right after I hurt my knee, so I was wearing a knee brace. And it's on a stage with the dressing, you know, with the curtain. And so I went back there, and I had to adjust my knee brace. So I pulled my pants down, and I got my knee brace. I'm adjusting it. And next thing you know, I didn't know this until later. The Lawler saw Hickerson on the other side of the uh, curtain and said, open it. I said, okay. So they opened it up. Well, here I am in the middle of the stage. My butt facing the audience and my pants down by my knees when, <laughs> I, when I'm adjusting my uh, knee brace. Mm. And they say, look at that. Next thing I see, I hear a big loud roar. And I'm like, what is that? I look back today. Oh my gosh, they're all looking at me. <laughs> my pants <laughs> down by my knees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, yeah, and, you know, and you know, when you have, uh, and, you know, and again, Wolfie, when you're going up and down town, up and down the road, you, you get bored. And, and one, oh, yeah. one of the best ribs was Lawler when he had a blue light. You know, he had a blue oh, light. Oh, I heard about that. Put on, yeah. <laughs> So we go out when we go out of town. When we come back, coming back, it's always coming back from the town, you know, because we got through wrestling. So you can catch up with some wrestlers, you know, they're still on the road. So he would know their car, so he would put that uh, blue light, <laughs> blue light on. And no, uh, we would we would pull over some of the wrestlers, and uh, the one we tried to key on was the one by themselves, because that way, you know, you couldn't right. have somebody say, oh, it's Lawler, so that's mainly the one that were by themselves, and so we'd get them out of the car, and they'd just turn around and just start just saying, uh, you know, thinking they're going to jail, you've been drinking, you know, we're going to take you to jail, and all the <laughs> antics that happened after that when, when we get them out of the car. Oh, it was mm. I've, he told that story to me. Uh, I can't remember who he did it to, but it was like his favorite one or whatever. I well, remember. I'll tell you what. <laughs> he did one on Paul Morton. And, he, and the one on Paul Morton was, I think Paul was by himself, and Paul would pull him over. <laughs> and he said, uh, all right. And, and he, of course, Paul didn't know it was Lawler, so right. he was uh, making him do some, you know, put your hands on your head, touch your knees, do this, do this. And then he said, have you been drinking? He said, oh, no, I haven't been drinking at all. I said, well, are you sure? He said, oh, no way. And so he said, do you think I could be doing this if I was drinking? He started jumping up and down, you know, doing all kind of act. I think that might know, be trying to show that he wasn't, that he wasn't drunk. And you know, then he turns around and sees Lawler. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, of course, Lawler didn't tell it better than me, but I can't remember all what he did. But it was like just uh, almost doing flips just to show he wasn't uh, drunk. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had we had some good ones on that one though. You know, it's one of those one movies when you think when you're doing that and you say, "Oh man, I wish I kept a diary." Because if I wish I that's one thing I wish back in, the, in in my past when 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 I was doing this that yeah. I wrote down a diary what everything happened that day. Yeah, oh, or goodness, like all the people around and like because it was taboo back then to. You'd be a mark if you asked somebody to take a picture with you. You know what I mean? Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, but I, I think of all the people. And that, you're right. That's a that's the other thing. I wish I had a picture with more of the wrestlers. You know, yeah, than, that's than, than, you know. So you're thinking, you know, you think about it. A lot of the wrestlers that come through Memphis that went through the WWE made it big. I mean, yeah. name the ones on top that come through here. You know, Randy Savage, uh, Undertaker. Merrick Foley, Sting, Ultimate Warrior. And, I mean, I can go on. Randy Savage. I mean, I'll yeah. a lot more out. Yeah. Two of them. We've said it a million times on the podcast. If they were somebody in the business, they went through Memphis. It's just how it exactly. is. You know? I never forget for the first time I saw Hulk Hogan in the, the first, first time he was at TV. And uh, it was in back in the back. We'd always dress on the uh, right there about a candy machine or whatever and i remember walking back to the back and said dang here this guy was like almost six nine built like a brick you know and i said holy michael <laughs> what a i mean he's ready to be he's a he's a wrestler and yeah lo and behold he certainly ended up one. change the business yeah oh my who god was, big time who, who was more impressive to see hogan or andre oh well andre yeah by far I yeah, mean, you, you know, you shake Andre's hand, and I mean, my hand would just be—you couldn't see it. Yeah, I mean, he was just just huge. Um, and I think a lot of wrestling a few times too. You know, he did also, but uh, yeah, but uh, they say he could drink a case of beer, and I, and I believe it. <laughs> 
I mean, sort of like one that, you know, and he was one of the ones, you know, that you can't use every week, every week, because he's one more of a traction you bring in. Right. And, uh, mm. I always think about, I don't know if you ever heard them back then, they called the McGuire twins. Yeah. Guys was, I, I swear, uh, I don't remember, uh, four to 500 pounds each. Well, they when they walk to the ring, they get blown up. So in other words, they were only attraction for that particular time, you know, not every week. So, yeah. Uh, I've heard a story that Jim Ross had to take care of them on the road, and actually Jim had to help him sometimes in the bathroom. So, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. You know? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you think if they can get blown up from going from walking to the ring, and once they get in the ring, you know they can't do much. Right. So, right. I, I don't, you know, unreal. Yeah, that's a horrible. (laughs) Anyway, so what we're going to do here right now is our current affair sponsored by Coach's Corner Sports Grill. DJ, hit the music. It's a current affair. It's a current affair. All right, we're back with Current Affairs. And today we're with the Memphis referee. If you think referee in Memphis, you think Jerry Calhoun. Jerry, once again, thank you so much for being a part of our show today. You know, whenever we have a guest on, I like to make the Current Affairs catered to them. And where you are a referee, I've kind of compiled some questions here that, to me, kind of hopefully we'll get your expertise on this so that the number one is current refs and how would you compare what they do now to your days to what i consider the golden days of pro wrestling how would you compare the modern day refs and how they are to you guys oh i'm sorry i, I haven't seen much modern day refs that much uh, compared to the guy yeah. in the past. I mean, I can only, uh, I just wanted to tell you what I did, you know, so I know sure. I, had, uh, I would always, uh, I know when to get in between the wrestlers and know when to stay away. And that was the key one because I know most of the wrestlers, when you're beginning a match, you don't want to, uh, one don't uh, like to let the uh, baby face get to the heel, you know, because they want to say that for more along when you get into the match. So I would always step in between and do something like that. But it's, uh, as far as watching an, uh, referees, past referees. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't add much input to that. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, if you were to give some advice to current referees, not having to know what they do, but if there was one piece of advice that you think they should know, what what would you say? Well, I mean, what I what I previously mentioned, but uh, another one would, would stay out of the way. You yeah. Know, sometimes you know, stay out of the way when you're supposed to, not when you uh, need to be in the way at some point. Yeah, well, my second question in current affairs, and thank you, that's a great answer there. You know, a lot of times today, what I see is that they put a lot of heat on the refs by doing certain things. Now, again, I know you don't watch the current, but was that even an issue back then that you guys made sure to not put too much heat on the referee? Oh, I don't look at that. I look at it more as what the finish called for, and sometimes the finish would call for was there would be heat on the referee. So okay. uh, I didn't mind that at all. I never, you know, mind one bit whatever the finish was to put the heat on the referee. Where, you know, of course, I, the majority of the time I would get knocked down, like Jack Eaton used to call. He was a sportscaster for the NBC for the long, or Channel Five for the longest. He would say, uh, I, "I would get caught knocked down by a telephone call." <laughs> and that's basically it. I mean, I always, I always, always get knocked down, and then when I get knocked down, and then I come recover, and then I go to count. And most of the time, the babyface uh, shoulders would be down. I count about one, two, three. Of course, you know what happened before that. You know, I'm sure there was a lot of heat went on, um, but uh, I, that doesn't bother me. That, that never bothered me a bit. I mean, that's that's part of uh, the business. Just what it called for, basically. And, then, the and another one I'd add to that when when the. Uh, uh, the heel to getting heat on the baby faces and it's a tag team match or whatever the manager interferes. I don't mind. I know when to go to the baby face, you know, to go him, get him when he's trying to come in the ring and stay with him so they can continue to get the heat on the uh, the baby faces behind me. I right. mean, that, that didn't bother me a bit. I mean, that's just part of the wrestling. Yeah. Some wouldn't do that. Some would, sometimes some would want to turn around, you know, or not even go to the, the baby face to allow the heat to occur. 
Or, or they don't. Some referees just, they're not even in the greatest, like, they got to be able to sell. You know, someone take a bump and it looks terrible and they lay there Ugh. in such an awful, awkward position. And then suddenly, when it's time for the count, they jump back up. They don't sell it right. Or, like you said, when they're distracting you, you know, I, I've had referees where I literally grab them by the shirt, like, don't turn around. <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I would say one thing. I would, I would always, even not, when I get knocked down, I always, always try to be conscious of, so, you know, some way, know when I'm supposed to be uh, ready, you know, for the count. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be like laid down flat. I mean, that, I, I didn't do that at all. It's more like roam around. It just was like when you really get hit, you get hit. Right. You're gonna uh, rub. I would say sell, but I don't know how many people don't sell. But anyway, you would rub wherever you got hit. And then eventually you get your senses back, and then I say, "Oh, okay, uh, go to the finish and uh, count out." Yeah. Now, one thing that uh, is pretty common, uh, or not as common, I should say, it's common in WWE for there to be no color whatsoever, and it's very, very common in AEW for there to be color. And those are the two major companies now. How many times were you handed off a, a razor blade, and and how many have you had to throw away, and anything like that? <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's a good question. I got. I'll tell you what, I had a first time. I got juiced, or we call we used to call it juiced. You know, when you get blood, you know, they say you want juice or get juice. And so, uh, you know, the first time I got juice, or believe me, was uh, Lawler did it to me. And what happened? You have a blade, the, the, the edge of a razor blade that you tape up, and just have the point showing. And so that's what you would use to get your forehead and start the blood. Well, uh, I've never lost a blade, and you know why. When Law, I would always, when I refereed Lawless matches and they're going to get juice, he was going to get juice, you know, I put the blade in my mouth. Wow. People say, what? Yeah, I said, I would put it in the mouth. And, and uh, I, cause I knew if I put it in my hand, I'd drop it. If I put it in my pocket, I would have to go out of my pocket to get him, dig into my pocket to get it. Well, then you smart enough the people and said, oh, look, see, he, he got the blade from his pocket. So mm-hmm. I would always keep it in my mouth. So whenever Lawler was ready for it, he'd give me the cue. And I said, okay. So. <laughs> Let's uh, get in their front face lock or whatever it might be, and then I put it in his hand and then go from there. But uh, mm. I was lucky. I never dropped it because it's in my mouth. Yeah. I never remember. You know, anyway, I mean, some could, some like wrestlers, they put a tape up to the, you know, put tape on their fingers and or tape on their wrist and they put it there. Yeah. But hopefully, and hopefully they don't lose it. Yeah. I heard a story yeah. that Kerry Von Erich had him taped to his fingers and he about bled to death before he made it to the ring. They had to make it a part yeah. of an angle one time. Have you heard that story? <laughs> yes, I heard that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what you said. I mean, yeah. and you, you know, you got to be careful with it because if you, if you mishandle uh, the blade or the, the you know, where you're going to get yourself with, you're going to cut yourself somewhere or mm-hmm. yeah. you're going to lose it and then there's no way you can get juice unless you get, you get juice the hard way. You know, somebody oh, man. It. Yeah, that's not the way I to get. I have to you match one of the last times. I mean, somebody gave you the hard one, and you just beat the heck out of them. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell us that one, Wolfie. <laughs> I, 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 hey, Wolfie, he, he didn't uh, let, him, let the guy catch any air. I said, oh, goodness, he's beating the heck out of him. I said, I'm glad I'm not that guy. I would hate to actually get a, uh, give Wolfie the hard way, you know. Next time you know, I'm paying for it. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that one, Wolfie? <laughs> I mean, do you remember that, Wolfie? I, I don't remember the, the agriculture thing, but I do know that, you know, when people screw up, I had the tendency to to give them a number of receipts. <laughs> that, I, that, that was at the, matter of fact, man, probably the last match I referee of yours is uh, at the uh, Delta Fair where they had the wrestling matches. And it was, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, anyway. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember, I remember that now. It was uh, Ken Wayne's son, uh, Eric Wayne, who I know oh, is Lord. a shithead, uh, but it was me and Brian Lawler against uh, him and somebody else. I don't remember who his partner was. Yeah, so it was the very beginning of the match, and I'm getting a – I mean, right at the lockup. I mean, it was a big house. I think dude was just – he never wrestled in front of that many people, man. And uh, 
boom, boom, boom. I'm getting on him and I'm fixing to back him into the corner and have him reverse me, give me a backdrop and something else, you know, just first little thing at the beginning. And uh, just out of nowhere, and he's a left hander and he likes to throw those damn little forearm flipper gimmicks that I fucking hate. And so if you're left handed, you should hit me on the right side of my face. Well, he swings out of nowhere and connects with the point of his elbow on the left side of my face. Ooh. And it hit my, like, afterwards, okay, my the, my top row of teeth were numb for like a month. Oh, uh, my God. So it busted my nose at the same time. And it literally, literally made me go cross-eyed like I was seeing double. And I was like, motherfucker. I didn't go down, though. Yeah. <laughs> so I grabbed him in a headlock real quick and just fucking wrenched him and held him. And I went over to Brian. I tagged Brian in. And then, I, like I said, I was seeing double. And so I just fucking kicked him as hard as I could. Boom. So I wasn't really shooting on him at that point. I was just pissed. So I, the rest of the match, I was real stiff with him. My sight came back. Uh, and I got back in there. And, you know, we did the match or whatever. Now, if I'm this kid and I accidentally fucking whack somebody like that, I'm going to be waiting at the curtain to apologize to this fucking veteran that I just fucking bloodied his nose and numbed his fucking teeth and crossed his fucking eyes, right? Yeah. So I come back and he's he's nowhere to be found. Well, there's a battle royal at the end of the night. and I still didn't see this motherfucker until the battle royal. Okay, so as soon as the bell rings, I went straight over to him, wham, and I punched him in the face, left, right, pop, 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 fucking <laughs> back and fucking need him in the face. He's going, oh God, Wolfie, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> wham, hit him again, and then I put him in a, you know, in a battle royal. You're not supposed to go down, right? Because uh, you know you get stepped on and shit like that. Well, I fucking front face like this motherfucker and took him down, started choking the shit out of him, just fucking choking him. And <laughs> the funniest part was Lawler was at the battle royal and he comes walking by and he looks down, and he goes, What are y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I fucking let him up and went to somebody else and all that shit. And I think I cussed him in the back afterwards, told him he was a fucking asshole. Ooh, that's, I thought that's I was awesome. sorry for the guy. Not right. We'll be just beating the heck out of him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, one last current affair here, and you've spoken about him a couple times, and I don't know if you've heard this, but your man, Master Payne, The Undertaker, has been announced for the Hall of Fame. Give mm-hmm. us a memory about The Undertaker. Well, I probably already mentioned it when, uh, uh, I mean, I like Mark. I mean, he was a real nice guy. Uh, of course, like you said, his master of pain here. And, uh, and he took care of me when I was in the ring when I, when I wrestled him that one time. And I wouldn't, like I said again, I didn't wrestle him. I was just more of a punching bag for him. But, uh, <laughs> I like Mark. I mean, he, he was a nice guy and, uh, long overdue. You know, of course, I guess once you retire, then you, you get in. I long it takes to get into, Hall of Fame, but uh, it's well deserved for him. I mean, he yeah. sold out a lot of arenas. Yeah, he had to have been a presence too. I would assume, you know, seeing him for the first time, I would imagine. So, yeah, yeah. I, well, I remember I was he six six or whatever, and then yeah, you know, yeah. back then, you know, he just, like I said, he just they were starting and, and uh, had short hair, and then you know, once he got to, to, to the gimmick to Undertaker, I mean, he just took off. Yeah, that's it. So thank you so much, Jerry, for coming on the show. It's definitely been something that I've wanted to have on a show. And I, and when I ask him, you know, I'm like, hey, let's get this guy on here. He's like, all right, yeah, I'll do that. So it's been a blessing not only to to have Wolfie have this podcast with us, but also to have you on here, Jerry. Well, well no I wish problem. all the best on this. It sounds like you got a, a good show and uh, a lot of guests. Yeah, we I do. I hope I didn't run it for you. No, no. being great. <laughs> Take us out, Wolfie. All right, everybody, if you want a T-shirt, go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Look up Live It In Color with Wolfie D podcast page. There's plenty of shirts on there. I also still have the uh, Pite Size All-Stars for sale of PG-13. Contact me directly on that, either through the Live It In Color Facebook page or my personal Facebook page. Again, Jerry Calhoun, the Memphis referee, just as much of a staple as Lance, Dave, Lawler, Jimmy Hart, and you are the referee that I think of when I think of Memphis wrestling. And we appreciate you coming on. So for Jimmy Street, Jerry Calhoun, it's Wolfie D. Peace out. The announcers on this program are selected and paid by parties other than this station, namely the promoters of championship wrestling.
And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the big picture, Michael Jablonski. Don't forget to tune in every week to Jablonski's Pissed Off on the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. The Muntrop in this part, he's going to tell you all about it. He doesn't care what you think, you're going to hear all about it. Mike Jablonski, If you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. It's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. If you're a pro wrestling fan, there's something for everyone at the Cheap Heat TV Podcast Network. From the Pro Wrestling Discussion Show, Cheap Heat TV Live, to the Interview Show, the Jackson Interaction Podcast with the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, to the silliness of the Whitey Jenkins Show, and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders. You can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. Uh, I'm on Instagram, at Warren Wolf 13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Live Wolfie D. And then on YouTube, at Live and in Color with Wolfie D Podcast. Our website is anchor.fm slash Wolfie D. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie. D. Also, do you have a product or business you'd like Wolfie D to talk about? Let us know about it by leaving a recorded message over at anchor.fm slash Wolfie D slash message. Leave your name and contact info and we'll get back to you. Once again, that's anchor.fm slash Wolfie D slash message. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate, first of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah. And remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still lobbing in color. Don't rush your mother, utilize a hubcap. I like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Tired of suckers.
and what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping. Wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Played low for a while and you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Bad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over and for later. Not here to play games, so you better be real. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You set a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped. When I finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Driving it home, it's Ruby D, baby. Huh? I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.